Hey, we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. It's an art episode, and our art is music. So, do re mi fa solatido. Don't we just love uh, using our voices as uh, music and as an instrument? Or just for sound effects. I like making sound effects. So, um, not everybody's good at everything. Or have the talents like I do. So, Michael was a great guest. Uh, He talked to us about his art his history with it art history and how art is a superpower and i love that i don't know if you want to take that off from there but otherwise i have to understand talking about his passion and his enthusiasm during the whole interview i i thoroughly enjoyed it it was oh yeah i was enthralled yeah, so like I haven't met someone in a while that was mm-hmm. so enthusiastic to tell his story and just tell his ideas and his process about art. And because, you know, I think personally, let me just get on my uh, my pedestal for a moment. So these are my thoughts. Sometimes art can get very uh, hoity-toity and um, gatekeeping uh, elitist, that's the word. So I think that sometimes uh, if you don't have an eye, you don't have the history and the knowledge about art and noticing the soft lines and the hard lines and contouring and the different uh, types of art, such as Cubanism, Expressionism, Imperialism, which imperialism is not, that's not it, it's impressionism. So all of those, if you don't have the vocabulary and some of the nuances that comes with art, some people may see it, may dismiss you from the conversation and from understanding about it. Because I feel like it's just, it gets very subjective. And I think that one thing I learned just from Michael's conversation is that wherever you are, like in your realm or understanding of art, you can take a piece of it and it's something for you that you can learn from something that you can take and have it as an inspiration. But then most importantly, like looking in the art and finding yourself within that. So it's funny because a lot of what you said I think has to go with what we talked about with Michael, because he mentioned there's two aspects of art. There's the creation of art and the product. And I think a lot of what you talked about and where we find that elitism. Yeah. Yeah. Elitism. Uh, I think that comes from the systems we've created to understand the product to understand what the film was about, to understand what the painting is about, to understand why the song was written and what the lyrics are supposed to mean according to the singer. So I I think that's where all of that comes in. That's where you need that vocabulary to express like, oh, these fine lines mean this, this, and the other. This is this art style or whatever. 
But I think if we look at art more as the creation and the expression of humanity, the way that Michael was trying to share, I think that's where the magic happens. Like if I, who cannot sing, just sings for the sake of singing, you know, I think that has more beauty. And I don't mean me specifically, but that has more beauty in it than analyzing every part of a song, you know, because everyone created a song for a reason, everybody, whatever, but having that opportunity to, as your own self, as your own version of being an artist, having the opportunity to express thoughts, feelings, emotions through art, whatever that art medium may be. I think that's where the magic happens. Do you think that human is art? Absolutely. Maybe that's maybe maybe that's the lesson that Michael was trying to to teach us because I felt like through through our conversation there was definitely a lot of uh, teachable uh, moments. But now just thinking about it, putting it all together, I'm like, hmm, is human art or is? Well, I mean, if you th- yeah, if you think about like towards the end of our interview with him, we talked to him about. I think you asked him the question of what is his inspiration. And he just said humans, like everything about humanity is his inspiration, the good, the bad, the middle. Um, and, and, and I think that's so powerful because we can learn so much from each other. And I don't just mean like reading a history book, although as a history teacher, I find that very important, but I, I think just seeing each other interact, seeing each other feel emotions and witnessing that and sharing that with each other. That is so inspirational into so many things. Like, um, I know you listeners may potentially get tired of us talking about Brene Brown, but I love her and it's going to keep happening. But, but just, I was watching her show Atlas of the heart based on the book that she wrote. And a lot of what she did to show, some of the emotions that were talked about in the book was showing different movie clips that showcase that. And I think it's because the best way we have to understand the world is to watch it happen. Like we can all come up with different words and different definitions to put into place the systems that we've created as people. But the only way to truly understand it is to witness it and to be a part of it. You know, I think so, that once that we start naming things, and I just think back to this, like, uh, like me personally, um, when going through my own personal struggles, whenever I'm able to name it and be th- that first step of identifying it, there is so much of a of an understanding of a the, the light bulb just turns on, like, aha, like this is what I've been going through, and. It really just, it's gratifying and it really just kind of hones things down on what we're dealing with and what feelings and emotions that we're going through at that time. So I, I want to challenge that. Go for bit. it. I think, I think there is definitely a power to finding the name or like you said, naming what it is that we're going through or feeling. I think it definitely helps it easier to cope with things if you know what it is. 
But I also think it can be a potential downfall if we're constantly seeking answers instead of experiencing the moment the where the Michael was talking about. Um, <clears throat> because I think, and, and I know this is something that I've done. If I'm trying to like, oh my God, this, I have this feeling in my stomach. So I'm going to Google it and try to figure out what it is. And granted, I know we're not talking about emotions at that point. We're talking about something, yeah, med- something medical. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But I, I think the more that we look for answers sometimes, the less we let ourselves be part of the moment because whether it's something bad that's happening or something good, I think there can be a learning process in it because I think a lot of the times, especially with bad things, we tend, and I'm not saying sit there in a bad situation forever and deal with it because it's a good thing to be in. But I'm thinking if we just shut it down and hide it away, I think when we think of the idea of history repeating itself, I think it's partially because we take tend to take the bad, lock it in the box, and shove it to never think about again. But if we go through the process of it, and we see, okay, this is what's going, and I'm not saying literally analyze it this way, but you get to see, okay, this is what's going wrong. This is how I'm feeling when this is happening. This is whatever. We can eventually get to the next part and be more thankful for the good things that are happening because of the previous, if that makes sense. Yeah, and well, I understand that, you know, I and maybe I just didn't just like word this correctly. Um, in finding like answers, it's while I understand that there's some things in life that are just indescribable that we are not able to um, put a name to exactly when we're in that moment. And we're just like experience it. But I think all, but I think reflecting, because many times, me personally, I can say this for example, like through therapy sessions, like if I explain a moment that I was having, and then after explaining that moment, I'm like, oh, I was feeling anxious, or I was feeling doubt, or I was feeling grief. And going through that, I think that it gives more of an understanding of what you're going through at that current present in time, which helps you going through the process where, yeah, like whether, you know, understanding more about yourself. And I think that's where, that's where wisdom comes in with what Michael was talking about. You know, I really like that quote about knowledge is changing, but wisdom is forever because, you know, I think that so many times that we focus so much on knowledge. I mean, you and me, we both love going to trivia and you know, sharing our knowledge of whatever random useless facts that we know and but having an understanding of ourselves and of other people, I think that that's something that we can take for uh, on with us forever and even the lessons that we have learned uh, for ourselves that we can pass that to other people or, you know, whenever we have our own kin. Um, I think that's something that we could learn. Yeah. So I think that's where you and I meet and what we were talking about. So I think you learning that language for the sake of mm-hmm. wisdom, 
of how to manage the experience and how to learn from the experience. So using language for that, understanding in that sense, I think that's the wisdom and that's what's great. But if we're just like just giving it, it's just thinking back to the classroom. Like if we talk and go through those teachable moments, right? And like experience whatever. Okay, you have a question. Let's talk about it. Let's have a discussion. That can develop the wisdom. But if I just talk about all the different emotions and give you, here's a vocabulary list, like let's take a test on them later and the definitions of what these words mean, you're not really learning emotions. You're just learning words. And that's just knowledge. It's not wisdom. So I, I think... That's what's important to take away that every learning opportunity can either be for the sake of knowledge or it can be this for the sake of wisdom. Like if you think about in science, you know, mm -hmm. everything that we know in science right now between the next five to a hundred years might change altogether, you know, as we discover more things. But I think if we solely look at them from the knowledge perspective, it can be frustrating because like, oh my God, now I have to relearn everything. Does this mean that this is also going to be false later on? And it's frustrating. But if you just think of it in the wisdom perspective of, oh, look, the discovery process, we're learning something new. We're still growing as people. We're still growing as society. Then, then that changes the narrative of what's happening. And I think that's where we should all make our focus be, is switching from seeking knowledge, simply a fact, which is necessary but changing it into wisdom, into how we use that knowledge that we've I seen. think that putting that both together just makes an experience. Experience by doing. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things uh, like I took away from Michael is having, uh, there's more value in the creation than the product. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about uh, earlier. And I think in many of our conversations that we had is uh, having that uh, understanding the process or being in the process rather than looking at the end results. You know, many oftentimes I am getting on my soapbox is that sometimes we just look at the end result and not look at what do we do to what do we do to get there. And sometimes that we focus on the achievements of our results and not that there was mm -hmm. uh, effort that needed to be put in. There was time, there was um, heartache, frustration, doubt. And within that, I think that that's where you can kind of experience I, I do think you're right. And there is so much that we need to focus on that. And I just think of, um, you know, I don't know why I thought about this, but when you think about athletes, you know, or sports teams, they're not like the, the ones that are doing it for the love of it, not just for the money that comes with being an athlete. I think they, even if they win the Super Bowl, even if they win the World Series, whatever, they're not just thinking, okay, I did it. We're done now. It's more of like, okay, what did we still learn from this experience? What comes next? Let's keep working. Let's do that. Because they're not just looking at the product. They're not just saying, okay, we have to win this tournament. But instead is we have to be a good, solid team together. 
So, and that comes true with so many other things. Like, obviously, being a teacher, my biggest experience, and most of my examples are going to come from this, but it's not just getting an A on this test. I got an A on this test. Now everything is gone forever. No, I think that the whole learning process should be what's important the creation of who am I becoming as a person? What am I learning? What, can, what am I going to do with this newfound knowledge? So I can turn it into wisdom. I think that that is the important. Yeah. Piece. Or you know, <clears throat> if I'm thinking of the flip side, I feel like that sometimes we create like this dark side of ourselves where we focus so much on the results that we have like this idea of Machiavellianism that we are going to be conniving, manipulating, scheming in order to get the the results that we want if we focus so much on the product. Yeah, and, and then that's when it becomes heartbreaking if you don't reach that product, right? Like if my only goal is to create the next best song, my only goal is to to win the Super Bowl, my only goal is to get 100 on my test. If those things don't happen, if that if the product was my end game, then when they don't happen, what do I do now? Did I fail? And internally, if you're only focused on the product, then you're going to feel like a failure because you did not reach that product. But if you're just, okay, I'm, instead of winning the Super Bowl, I just want to be a great athlete. Okay, well, a great athlete is always working no matter what. I don't want to get an A on the test. I want to be a strong learner. Okay, well, somebody that's always learning can keep going. Sometimes you get an F in the test. Sometimes you get 100 on the test, but you're still always learning. You found something new. Um, and it, it just goes with that. Like it, it changes your mindset. It helps you feel success even when you're not by society and system standards, even if you're not successful by face value of your product, you still feel like a success because you've achieved so much else through the process. Yeah. And I think just a personal story for me is that I know many of times that I have looked at just the results of, let's just say of what our students uh, have done. And we're just focused so much on I think one in our society and education, or I just think it just so in America, especially in our education system, we're just so focused on what are the results that our students get and that determines their success. But our success is what efforts and what is the work that you put in. And I know that one, uh, one thing you touched on Brian was about failure and taking that failure being that as part of your lesson and thinking about what could I have done differently for next time or what supports that I needed to put in place in order for me to be successful for next time, uh, even in that. Now, there is one thing I uh, want to discuss you just discuss with you about that I still have a bit of... Oh, I, I mean... I don't know if I, I'll just use the word thoughts. My thoughts are about uh, essence that Michael was discussing about having that expression of yourself. And mm -hmm. I was about that having essence is having your voice. And I wonder 
there you know he said that in order for you to be an artist that you have to have a voice but i wonder can your art be having like no voice or having like no ambiguity like do you have i wonder do you have to have like a definite uh definite firm standing of yourself in order to have a voice or can it be something that could that could change over time or something that is unknown and you may not be uh certain there could be having uh, having uncertainty i know i know it's a, it's a lot to think about i see your i see your face right now is like your your <laughs> it's mush it's pensive it's so no, so I I think you've just said a lot, and as you were saying things, I wanted to say yes to this and not to go the for other. it. Break it down. So I, so I think I think no, I don't I don't think you can express your like you can't have no voice. Like I don't think that's a thing that you should allow yourself to not have a voice because I think. It's possible that you haven't found what your voice is or what your voice is saying to stick with that metaphor, but, but not having a voice would mean in, in my eyes, not being alive because you're always expressing something, whether it's expressing feelings or emotions about something, you're always expressing thoughts, even if you're expressing it through silence you still have a voice because if you tell me something and I have no opinion about it, or I have the exact opposite opinion and I choose to say nothing, that's still telling you how I feel. So I, I don't think anyone does not have a voice. I think the second part of what you said is more of what is okay for lack of better words of you don't have a definite voice. I don't think anyone has a definite voice because we're always growing, we're always changing, we're always adapting. So sometimes your voice might be silent. Sometimes your voice might be aggressive. Sometimes it might be, <clears throat> we talk about artists being multidimensional. Sometimes it might be expressed through songs. Sometimes it might be expressed through painting. Um, so I think everyone in fact has a voice. I think where the essence comes from is from identifying what your voice is in that moment. Ah, and I think that's the art of being present. Correct. Yes, exactly. Being present in that moment is the only way you figure out what your voice is because other people might be hearing you. Other people might be seeing you, feeling whatever it is that you're at. But if you're not present in the moment, you're not aware of what it is that you're doing. So then in all essence, everyone has a voice. We just need to, we just need, we just yeah, need to find I, what it is. I think so. Correct. Yeah. And I think that's why he mentioned art being a superpower, because I think most artists, whether it's famous or as a hobby, even if they don't put a name to it, they have found their voice because they're expressing whatever the thoughts and feelings are through whatever medium they've chosen. Like if I am that kid that's just doodling something on the notebook, but everything that I'm doodling 
is coming from my mind, from my emotions, even if it's not anything deep necessarily, but it's still coming from within me. So the things that I'm creating, even if the thing that I'm creating is just expressing that I am bored with what's in front of me, so I've doodled something completely different, that's expressing something. Like I am expressing boredom. I am expressing anger based on the drawing that I just drew. I am whatever. So I think art is a superpower because it is showcasing your voice in a much more open yeah, way. Yeah, I think it's, it's a broader aspect. And I think that when we use our art as a superpower, I think that it can go through many layers. And I think that it can reach people in a different light than maybe maybe then just by communication of just you know using words and language i i think that's i think that's my appreciation of art is that you get a different you get you understand someone's voice and you get a message that goes along with it and i think with that there comes with an understanding of you have to be present in order to receive it and, and sorry I, i'm just gonna jump in with something yeah before go, go for it you change it up a little bit and i think when of like understanding somebody's voice by being present when experiencing art i think it's also not just like if i'm looking at a painting right now right it's not just understanding the voice of the author of that painting but like if you and I are looking at the same painting, but we both receive a different emotion from it or a different thought or we interpret it differently, I think we also get to hear each other's voice as the viewers of the art, not just from the author, because we're still picking up on different things based on who we are individually. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and you know, not everyone's going to look at the art and look at it the same way that how the artist made it or even how um or how someone's perspective is i mean that's why you know you can put a banana and a piece of tape on a canvas and there's so much meaning behind that which like i said sometimes the meaning might just be the coloring of it that particular shade and color whatever that brings you joy it might not be anything super deep like oh the banana represents society on top of it like it no it doesn't have to be that it just but it's still representing something for you or for the author or whatever absolutely but staying present i think that's so hard because there's so many things in our lives that we can get distracted easily from i mean from our devices to our thoughts and I know just one way of me practicing of being present is uh, is meditating. And I know that's just like very cliche. I mean, I'm not sitting in like a room uh, with uh, essential oils and um, sitting in a lotus position. You know, sometimes I just do it like just laying down when I first uh, wake up. Or if I'm just like sitting um, and I turn off all the lights like in, in my office or even at home uh, in the living room, I just like, you know, sit on the floor and then just 
kind of just like close my eyes and just, you know, letting the thoughts just come and go. I think that's one way that helps me to stay present because when I, when I have conversations, especially conversations like this that are very, uh, I think abstract and high, uh, like high in the sky, it's very hard to, or it's not very hard. It's very easy to just let your like mind wander and you just have like one more, one idea. But I think like meta me personally meditating and through like listening and just seeing what understanding can I get from it? I think that's one way for me on staying present. But I think that that's more of a thinking aspect. Uh, when I look on the other side or on the other, yeah, on the other side of the coin, um, whenever I'm experiencing something and being present, I just try to take in that moment. I think about the environment. I think about I really just think go into my my senses. Uh, I'm smelling, I'm feeling, touching, uh, hearing, putting all that together, and just like understanding what and what all that means and what that encompasses uh, within that moment. Um, I mean, I really enjoy just personally just concerts and just one concert that i've been to shout outs to rinya sawayama uh went to see her in philly it was amazing and i um i love her music anyways being at her concert i just really enjoyed the love and the energy that was being spread around and just like feeling that hearing that through her music and just seeing the interactions that other people had oh it was just it was lovely and i think those that's just one example of being present within that moment i mean you can think about it in another time when you're tasting great food and you're just thinking about all of the flavors that are being present as well as you're thinking of your dining experience and the ambiance that goes along with that. That's just another example of being present. Um. So yeah, I, I, I agree. We should definitely be present in the moment. And I know you mentioned this with the devices of like, we're always on our phones and I appreciate taking pictures of moments and locations that you visit and whatever. Um, Cause I know there's times that I'm like, I wish I had a picture of that thing that I did because it was just so pretty or whatever. But I definitely think if you're going to do that, take a picture and then put your phone away. Cause so many of us like go to concerts or whatever and just watch the concert through our phones. Cause we're trying to watch the concert or like record the concert and you don't, you're not actually present in the moment or you go on a hiking trip and you're so focused trying to get the perfect shot with the most beautiful with the lighting and the mountains and the forestry. Right. 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 And again, I, I, I'm not, I'm not taking away from people that are like photographers and like truly want like, if that's your passion, then yes, that is you being in the moment. But if you're just doing it for, Oh my God, the gram, and the only way that I'll ever have proof that I'm here is because I took a picture of it. And that's the likes that and the reaction Then you're not the, the, right. Then you're not. Then at that point, you're not present. If 
again, you're doing it as part of your passion and that's your art. Beautiful. But if you're just doing it because it's a habit that you do and that's just whatever, I always have to be on my phone, then you're not enjoying the moment. Have so you, enjoy the have moment. you ever been to a, like, a museum or just like any um like location or like destination where people want to like go to um and they you just see them just literally just take a picture just to say that they were there and then just like walk off like there's been many times where um i will never forget um i was at the uh, cliffs of mohair in ireland um right near galway and literally, I just saw a group of people just like took pictures of the cliffs and then just like walk back to their car. And that was it. And I'm just all like, literally, like, look at the the terrain, look at how these cliffs were formed, you know, by weathering and erosion. And okay, science. <laughs> yes, Bill Nye, the science guy. And just everything just taking everything in within that moment i mean like it was a dreary cold uh gray sky day and i i don't know like that's just i feel like you're just wasting your time if you're just literally there to like all right just take a picture all right let's go or you know i'm going to the grand canyon just get a shot okay we're there let's go yeah, no, and, and I, I can honestly, but not probably say that I've, I'm guilty of that. Not always, but at certain times, I have been known to do I that. bet you push people out of the uh, way. You're yeah. like, I want the best picture. Okay, that I have not done, because I am the worst photographer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so I, if I may go into R plus Delta, I think that's my own Delta. Not just for other people, but for myself, because like I said, I've been guilty of that. Of I'm here, I'm gonna take a couple of pictures, and it's usually pictures of things that I'm enjoying. But I don't sit there and bask in the moment. Sometimes I, I just picture and be like, "Oh wow, I've enjoyed this now," and then move on. So I think my delta is again for myself and for others: just be more present in the moment, enjoy the art that is humanity and nature and go with that and my plus then would be i love the way that michael worded the difference between knowledge and wisdom um of a fact versus the using of that fact or the experience of humanity that goes along with those facts um i i definitely think both as someone that has taught literally and someone that is wanting to continue having these conversations with people i look forward to not simply growing in knowledge but growing in wisdom that's beautiful and i guess for my plus and delta so my plus is <clears throat> essence and finding your voice you know i think that is so important to stand firm on what you believe in and that is going to be through your voice and then my delta is appreciating finding appreciation or gratitude in everything that you do and i think that with michael 
you know, flexing his superpower to us, I appreciated that he also shared his wisdom of, look, you know, whether you may like this certain piece of art or you may enjoy this certain piece of music, you know, be grateful for the artist that put in the work uh, through that. And I think that if we remind that for ourselves and whatever work that we put in, um, find that appreciation, you're going to be grateful that you did it. So, yeah, I think that was lovely. If you want to hear more from us, I think that you should go look into our social media. We are on the Twitters, the Instagrams, and I think that we have our own website, plus dot. Uh, plus delta.org. So yeah, um, can't wait to hear from you all and see you next time. Bye.